You're listening to the Auburn Express. Good morning, Auburn family. Your man, Ike Jones, here. The morning drop. It is Wednesday, January the 11th. We are here to talk about the offensive line. Avery Jones has joined our team as possibly the center to all of this stuff, man. Let's get into it and talk about it this morning. Y'all know how we do right here. War Report style. Let's drop it on them. That is right. We are here Wednesday morning. The morning drop your man, Ike Jones. Be will mm-hmm. in here. Hopefully you guys are having a good start to your Wednesday morning. We had a good win in basketball and good news yesterday on the Plains. Another offensive lineman comes down to Auburn to, is, is this guy going to be the centerpiece? Literally, quite literally, play center. <laughs> Uh, is he going to be the centerpiece of what we got going on? We needed some experience at center. That was really one of the major concerns for me outside of linebacker um, was offensive line and particularly the center having experience at that position, knowing how to understand and call things. But uh, yeah, be well. What are your thoughts immediately? You know, how you feeling this morning? First of all, let me not just jump past your feelings, you know. Feeling pretty good, man. Um, I was as shocked as anybody by the news last night that we added yet another offensive lineman. Mm. Ooh, ooh. It's, uh, I, I was trying not to get excited. I'm still trying not to get excited. It's hard not to get excited. It definitely is difficult not to get excited when you see a lot of movement happening in the transfer portal, specifically at positions of need. I think the offensive line, as everyone knows, just not just from their performance last year, because we can't even judge off of that. But even the guys you saw perform last year, the vast majority of them aren't here anymore. Right. Right. So. What were you going to do to get experience? Not necessarily talent, because I don't know what the talent looks like behind the guys who played, but where's the experience? And and offensive line is one of those positions where you kind of need some snaps to get in there. At a skill position, you can kind of go out there and just make it happen, but you can't just be talented and understand how to block, uh, you know, a Georgia's defensive line, who you will see. Right. So definitely looking forward to it. But let's talk about this young man in particular, Avery Johnson. Uh, comes on board with Auburn. Um, I think the thing that was most delicious to me, mm-hmm. most delicious, mm-hmm. go ahead and talk about it, was the reaction from Brett Bielema. For those of you who don't know, currently the co- well, actually before we get into that, y'all share this man because I need I need more people <laughs> to get in here so we could talk about this man. Share the video uh, at the War Report hashtag. Get your weight up. If you're in here watching the video, go ahead and give us a thumbs up on the video uh, so we can get our engagement up. If you're watching later, man, make sure that you um, like the video, subscribe to the video, all that sort of stuff, man. But we're going to talk about um, our guy, uh, Avery Johnson in here. Uh, Avery Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Avery Jones coming in here to play center. But the reaction from Brett Bielema, uh, if you don't know, He's an East Carolina center last year. Mm-hmm. Avery Jones. He yes. had committed to transfer to Illinois. Mm-hmm. Then flipped his commitment after a visit to Auburn. And he was like, oh, oh, y'all real down here. Like, Illinois is cute, but y'all real. And Brett Bielema gets upset and goes on Twitter and basically, like, there was an article saying that 
Illinois lost their commitment to Auburn and he quote tweets it and he's like lost. And then he quote tweets another thing saying basically college football has changed. Hashtag NIL. He no, he quote tweeted Avery's commitment post. Oh, hey, that's right. Avery's commitment directly exactly quoted the recruits commitment post to Auburn mm-hmm. and said college football has changed. Hashtag NIL. Yeah. So I'd like to say to Brett Bielema, the words that I said to Ole Miss fans. Appropriate. Let's go. You're broke Mm -hmm. and you're ugly. You don't get the girl (laughs) because you're broke. And Listen, man, don't get on the internet whining, talking about, man, oh, they pay. Hey, 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 Brett, Brett, check it out. You weren't successful in the SEC already one time around. You should know how this goes. We get the good players down here, bro. If we want your girl, we going to take your girl, <laughs> and she going to be our girl. That's how it goes, family. You're not even the big dog on your block. In the Big Ten, you're not the big boy on your block. You think you're going to come to our block and get some work? Hey, man. Hey, man. Settle down, bro. Settle down. You're broke, and you're ugly. Yeah. You're welcome. And now you whiny, too. <laughs> Even worse. Don't cry about it, man. Hashtag get your weight up and go cry to your mama. I don't want to hear about it. Hey. Anyway. Well said. Yeah. Realistically, I think about a lot how much the transfer portal has changed college football. It's not that different. It's not that different. It's easier now to put a compensation package in front of a kid and his family, and them to see uh, with some hard numbers, a lot of that stuff. And again, I we can talk about, well, theoretically, do we know if you grew up uh, and you went to college at a major program that, that values football and you were on campus, in classes, around players, then you know, you, you know, you know. Now, you don't have to guess. The unspoken has become the spoken, all right? So now it doesn't have to be all this back channel, under the table, round the back, all these different uh, contacts and, and methods of, no, it's direct. Hey, come talk to us. We want to show you something. Okay. Hey, what you want to show me? This. Oh, really? Cool. I'll be down here in a week. <laughs> That's it. That's how the game goes. So if you are an extremely good evaluator, you almost have to be at mid-tier Big Ten programs, which Illinois is, at at really mid-tier and lower SEC programs. Vanderbilt's in the same position. To a certain extent, uh, Missouri's in the same position. I think South Carolina was in a similar position, but uh, Beamer's actually doing a good job of filling the coffers with transfer talent. He's scouting the group of fives. So you pull high-end group of fives up, or you find some mid-tier programs in other conferences that aren't as good, and you pull them up as well. As a matter of fact, I think uh, South Carolina got, there was a really good James Madison player last cycle that he got. It's like James Madison, that's FCS. You know what? Scout. Evaluate. And I know it sucks when you feel like you have done that, and then you get a guy that gets pulled. I'm sorry, man. This is the game. 
this is really like laws of the jungle right now. Do you have it? Yes or no? Why not? Yeah. He could he could get his knee blown out in 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 three months, and all he had to show for it, well, at least I committed to no. Let, let me take care of my family and and my future every day in every way that I can. So this year, could I go to Illinois and play? Yeah, but I could go to Auburn and play and have much more money in my pocket for having done it. This is simple. I'm going to play either way because I'm good, because I've done my work here in East Carolina. I've put up uh, positive numbers, positive grades. I've made an impact. Enough people notice my impact that I now have more value. So I'm going to go to the place that offers me the most because I've done the work to get my value up. Why, why am I locking myself into a, a commitment that's not a signing? At I'm Illinois. Sorry. At Illinois. What do you got? I'm <laughs> Auburn, Auburn's going to be on TV every day. Every every week, not the Big Ten Network either. They're gonna be on ESPN. They're gonna be on. They're gonna be on the Big Ten Network, right? No, nah, they're gonna be on on e, Auburn's gonna be on ESPN every day. I'm gonna be pushing up against a, a premier a, a defensive line at Georgia, a premier defensive line at Bama, uh, some premier talent at LSU, some uh, outstanding players still all over the rest of the schedule. Like, what about? What I'm gonna get scouted easier, more often. When they look at these defensive talents and they say, man, this center's really holding his own. Who is this dude? Easy. I don't, nobody has to, I don't have to put together a tape package. You know why? They're going to see me. They're going to see me every week pushing up against premier talent. And if we are even remotely good, they're going to be putting on tape looking for me and I don't have to get found. This is to my advantage. And I get more money in my pocket doing it. What's to think about? What, what, what are we talking about? Clearly, there was nothing to think about because Avery was like, "Hey, uh, so this is what y'all doing down here? Yeah, I'll uh, I'll be down there in a minute. Don't worry about it." Yeah. So, um, sorry, Brett. You know, I'm clearly, so whatever he was doing from his transfer transfer credit standpoint at ECU uh, is better than what was happening at Coastal Carolina too, because Boy ain't had no problem getting <laughs> his situation all. done over here, bro. None but, uh, at all. Well, I love it, man. I'm. I don't know why. How and why they're still looking. Like, apparently, this staff is like, you committed a month ago. Hey, uh. You sure about that? <laughs> is you happy, though? Is you happy? <laughs> I love it, man. They they didn't take no for an answer. But again, I think, so one thing that we can, we talked about last episode, and we can bring it up again here, this staff, we seem to have more pool. Is it a combination of the coach, the coffers being full behind the coach? NIL, of course, being something that we have to work with now and the facility. I don't know what combination of things. It's, this may be a situation where Auburn being Auburn, bigger platform, football a bigger priority, combined with NIL opportunities that weren't available here before this year, are doing most of the lifting. I don't know that that they were like, hey, man, our scheme is going to do. It don't matter. I'm coming. I don't know what you can tell an offensive lineman that's a center scheme-wise that's going to help him. You a center, man. This is pretty much your job is the same everywhere. This is all about the opportunity. We are a bigger platform. We are a bigger stage, and we're a better program. So, I'm sorry, Bradbury. Yeah, I, I I feel bad for him. Not not because uh, I feel sorry for what happened to him. I feel bad that he feels bad because um, I really don't care about your feelings. But <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry you feel that way. That's one of them like half apologies that people give. I'm sorry. That's that's how you feel. Yeah. But I, I really don't care.
We are going to get to the comment section and see what you guys have to say about poor Brett Bielema and our wonderful new center, Avery Jones. Yeah, uh, yeah. Dead Tempsey, I see what you did there. Lots of Twitter folks mad we got Avery. There was a bunch of upheaval. There was a bunch of like, I hope we see them in a bowl game next year type of stuff. And, <laughs> and ah, man, they dirty down there. You see who they hired as their coach and all this kind uh... of stuff. Yeah, um, I, I I really like sour grapes on the internet. Oh. Listen, man, you know what the morning drop mug is really good for? Mm. Wine. Brett Bielema, you can get you a morning <laughs> drop mug and drink your wine with it. Whining. <laughs> uh, AU in the USMC um, says, poor old Brett's dilemma. I like what you did right yeah, there. Yeah, dilemma. I like that. I like that. Yeah, he's out here looking bad out here in these streets, man. Yeah. Hey man, you're looking broken, ugly right now. I'm just broken trying to say, ugly. sir. Gap said, "Big Gap seventy eight comes back in. D- we Debo out here. What chain to Brett Billaba? Yeah, man. <laughs> what's what center? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. You mean my center, <laughs> Ben Bloodworth? I can't believe we're going to have an O line after all of these years. Yeah, I keep I keep thinking about this. So we're already up to eight signed." We're not. We're not even necessarily done yet. What? Uh, what changed? What? What? What changed? Was it that drastic change? I still feel like there was some point in Gus's tenure where he still had the juice coming off of 2013 and 2014, where he could have recruited extremely well at offensive line. What changed? What? What was it? What, what was so drastically different from? The first four years of Gus's tenure when the, you know, everybody still thought he was an offensive genius to to now. Like, they just said, we want offensive linemen, we're going to get them. And they were like, I'm I'm getting them. I always thought that this is something that you do. You say, it's such a need, I am going to over-recruit this position. I'm going to um, over-compensate for whatever because I need this position group more than I need anything else if I am an offensive coach. I gotta have it. What was stopping him from doing this? I don't know, man. It, it's such an, an, an egregious difference between yeah. the him and Harson just saying, eh, we'll go with what we got. No. they. I thought they were good after signing day, early signing. I'm like, okay. We got some freshmen. We got a Juco. Just one transfer would have been like, great. Dylan Wade coming on from from Tulsa because he played under coach Philip Montgomery. I was like, okay, we got an offensive line. They said, nope, give me another one. Give me another one. Give me another one. They they are leaving no stone unturned and they are going to find the right mix of bodies up there. And it's it's really amazing, man. I'm excited. So, I mean, I, you know, have been trying to keep track of the offensive line stuff and, and, you know, think about this as a potential starting offensive line, potentially. Right. Avery Jones, center. Right. He's played center. Boom. You plug him in right there at center. Jeremiah Wright at guard. Then you put Dylan Wade at a tackle. Gunnar Britton at the other tackle. And then you kick Isaiah Miller inside to make him a gu- the other guard. Mm-hmm. That's four new starters on the offensive line right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, all five of them, though, will have had starting experience and should be able to play day one. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing, man. It's a beautiful thing. Now you just got to build the depth behind it and hope you don't have a bunch of injuries. Yeah, for sure. For sure. 
Chris Sanders jumps in. I'm glad we don't have to throw Lou into the fires of the SEC as a true freshman. If Lou beats him out on the depth chart, good, but I'm happy for more bodies. This is, man, the beautiful thing about all of this is we've got our day one starters lined up that mm-hmm. allow our freshmen to get acclimated. And if they're that good and they come in and play well, then we've got our potential starters for the future for the next two to three years, too. Mm-hmm. And because of we've got uh, such experienced guys that uh, you assume Avery Jones at center, you assume, uh, like you said, Britton over on one tackle, Dylan Wave on the other tackle. These guys who are younger know that I don't have to wait three years to get in here. I just got to wait one. I'm going to get my body right. I'm going to stand and hopefully they're competing and they're getting that number two spot. They get to do get some spot duty here and there. But they know that it's not far off. They really know that I'm one you know, slight injury or bump away from getting in here and I am ready to take it on. And and hopefully that that keeps them in the house because that's something we're going to have to be looking at here soon. Everywhere we've recruited very well, you have to keep these players happy. Um, and offensive line, as much as it's a plus to have all these bodies, now you got to keep them engaged enough so they stick around. Yeah. Uh, Brian Hanchard comes in and says, thanks for the morning drop, guys. Thank you for the super chat, Brian. We appreciate, appreciate you jumping you, in here and being a supporter of the War Report. Uh, anytime you guys come in and, and fellowship with us in the mornings, you don't have to. You could be anywhere in the world, but you chose to be right here with us. You know what I'm saying? Appreciate that. Next chat from someone's is, any news on Keys, the linebacker from Ole Miss yet? Mm-hmm. I haven't heard anything on him. He just hit the transfer portal yesterday. Um if uh, if we were to pull him as a linebacker, I just might start to get excited. Just might. He was productive. that might be that place where I'm just like, okay, I'm officially excited now. Yeah. So what? So any idea? And I'm I'm asking the chat and also asking you, I, what's getting guys into the portal this late in the 45 day window? Because Ole Miss season was over a long time ago. Uh, that's a good, that is a very because it's not as if they he was on you know uh, TCU or Georgia's roster and jumped in the portal this late. I right. don't know. I don't know what made maybe the 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 Kiffin rumors of him jumping to the pros and they was just like you know what I'm tired of hearing about this coach potentially getting up out of here, bro. Let me just go at least let me go find somebody who just got to their job. Mm-hmm. If I'm gonna have to start over, I want to start over somewhere where I feel like the coach is going to be there for me. I have no clue. Right, right. And that's a good point. I didn't I didn't even think about that, that Kiffin's rumors, if he doesn't decide if the NFL wheel doesn't stop turning until after the transfer window, well, all right, well, now the transfer window's closed, then Kiffin jumps, and now you're sitting here at Ole Miss not knowing who your coach is, and really the only thing that makes Ole Miss attractive is the the legacy of offense that Lane Kiffin brings with him and his name recognition. If you don't have that, then you don't know who you're going to play for in January. You don't know who your coach is. Yeah, that's that's just a terrible look. So these kids are are in a bad position um, if, if they're yeah, there yeah. and they don't know what's going on. If Kiffin jumps ship now, I don't know. I don't know what Ole Miss is going to do. Mm. That's going to be an interesting situation. Maybe they go get Cliff Kingsbury. He just got. He just lost his job. That was me being petty because he in the NFC West and. Young KL says, do you think the new edition of Brian Batie, the, uh, with that new edition, Auburn might lose Damari to the transfer portal or Jeremiah Cobb to flip his commitment elsewhere? Thoughts I, on that one? I don't think so. And the reason I don't think so is because Caddy is the coach. Caddy is the running backs coach. 
Um, I, I think three deep in a running back room is ideal. So right now you've got Jarquez, you've got Damari Austin, and now you've got Brian Batee. Jeremiah Cobb coming in would be, all right, you're going to get to get in a game. You're going to get to get some reps. But did did Caddy promise him, hey, you're going to be on the field day one. You're going to be getting, you know, five to ten snaps a game. You're going to get three, four handoffs a game. I don't know what how he recruited them. All right, I know what you can say is, we're going to put guys on the field. Our running backs are going to get some work, and you're going to get an opportunity to look outstanding because I know what I'm doing, and I have sway in how we do things with the running backs. That's all true. I don't think Bati is going to be anybody who really holds up the, the chain of succession at running back. I think he's more of a supplemental piece than anything because he, at 165 or maybe he bulks up to 170 or something, he's not going to be in every down back in the SEC. That's not possible here. Um, the, it's not that it's not possible. He wouldn't be a productive um, every down back in the SEC. The thing that made Tank special and Jarquez special is they, their ability to break tackles take hits, take contact, run through arms, bounce off guys, keep going. I'm not saying it's impossible at 165, 170. I'm saying it is, I haven't seen a human be that. Um, maybe Sproles was, Sproles was more quick than anything and able to, to just dodge guys. So um, I don't think Batiste holds up that line of succession. I think Jeremiah Cobb knows that Jarquez is likely out after the 2023 season. And coming after his freshman year where he gets a couple of snaps and a couple of touches, he will be primed for that number two spot that Jarquez had. If you look at what we did with Jarquez at the number two spot, he was still able to shine. So you say, hey, one year I'm in the house. Um, I got NIL lined up. We got uh, a great team lined up. I get to be a part of this thing. And then I get to get my time to shine. I don't think it's going to hold up anything, but we will see. Again, I think it's more about recruitment. Who are those recruiters? You have to recruit them. Get them to sign, and then you're constantly re-recruiting them with the amount of snaps that you give them, with the NIL opportunities that come their way. I think we've got a really good position coach at running back, so I don't think it's going to be an issue. Yeah, I don't think so either. Uh, with the Cobb situation, unless Cobb is hell-bent on trying to get into a starting rotation day one, he knew he was coming into a backfield that already had two dynamic backs in front of him. Right. Um, so the likely scenario was he was going to either redshirt or come in at spot duty. Now it's more likely that he redshirts. Um, but you know, T only has a year, so it's not like he's going to be here for multiple years. To right. your point, uh, Jarquez Hunter could likely go pro after this year. So you only have Damari Austin in front of you now to be the starter next season. Damari Austin on the transfer situation, he seems locked in with Auburn. Right. Um, he is the number two back in an offense that has traditionally run more, right? Like mm -hmm. we don't really know how much we're going to run this season, but we do know that we have dynamic running backs that need to get the ball in their hands. And we do throw the ball to the running backs in this offense. So uh, if he's going to get touches, then I don't see him being discontent with the fact that he is clearly the number two going in right now. And Batiste's going to come in as a third down specialist slash returner, right? So I don't see that being a I don't see it being a problem, but you know, I haven't talked to any of these young men. I do think Damari Austin is locked in. Jeremiah Cotter has re-solidified his commitment multiple times. Uh, but hey, anything could happen. I just don't see it being a situation right now that we should be concerned about. Okay. Um, appreciate the super chat here from Aaron Finney. He says, Sunshine Pump from Mike G, 12 and 0, three shutouts behind this line in defense. I'm excited for Auburn football again. I Amen. just, listen, I, I don't, I was never not excited for Auburn football. I was disappointed in the product on the field, but 
maybe I'm just different. I'm built differently, I guess, because I get hope every offseason. Every offseason until I see it. I'm I said assuming the best. Yep. I'm going to assume we're going to be amazing or at least competitive. And then I see the product on the field and that makes me. But like offseason time, I'm just like, all right, cool. Let's hit the reset button. But, you know. And I'm not even like a super optimistic person in like life. I'm just a realist. <laughs> yeah. But I'm also not just like not excited for football. Like every offseason, I'm excited. So I'm glad that you guys are finding excitement. Again, join me. Join yeah. me in the excitement space. Yeah. Um, Steve Bradley jumps in. Be will because they are seeing the light in reference to Ole Miss uh, guys transferring from out of there. Yeah. Somewhere. So is is I I am not on message boards. And, and in discourse will tell me, is the rumor that he's coming here, does he already uh, have a correlation or a connection to Auburn? Is is that what's being said? Or is it just, a, oh, he, he jumped in the portal and he just happened to jump in the portal? Yeah. Because I don't know. Do we have a beat on him already is what I'm asking. No clue. Chris Sanders jumps in um, and says, loving the roster management this offseason, but looking forward to the years of being lower on the transfer portal rankings and higher on the high school recruiting rankings. Um, I mean, I, listen, the, the the game has definitely changed. So I don't know. Young athletes need the tools for success on the field and on the court. And now more than ever in the arena of business. In the new era of name, image, and likeness, Athletic Architects is here for young athletes and parents to help prepare for your financial futures. Let Athletic Architects start helping you build your house. Visit buildthehouse.com and let's build together. That, I don't know. So number one, let me start with, I don't know how they do the transfer rankings. Like, is it just a composite of like, is it a numbers game like it is in recruiting, where if you have a bunch of transfers, you're going to be higher on that ranking? Or is it about replacing what you lost, right? Is it a quality piece-for-piece piece transfer thing? Um, so I am definitely looking forward to the place where we can hopefully sustain what we have in-house and develop that forward. But it's going to be hard to not have transfers out unless you're winning championships. And even with championship rosters, as we saw last year, um, you know, Bama went to a national championship game, still had transfers out. Georgia won the national championship, still had transfers out. Um, so, yeah, I just I want to be at a place where we have a solid program, whether they're building that through the portal or not. Um, but I don't want to have to always every year not have have so many that we have to build in the portal to your point, like where right. it's like we got to get I mean, shoot, how many transfers have we gotten in already? Like 10, 10, 11. Uh, so it's not a huge number when you look at it's a the roster is 85 scholarships, right? Mm -hmm. 10 transfers out of 85 is not like an, an enormous number. The problem is, I, I assume with most people's minds, is that a lot of those 10 transfers are people we're looking to contribute day one. Right. And to your point, Chris, you don't want to have to have transfers be the guy, be 10 new starters on your team. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and you want to build depth in the transfer portal, not starters. Maybe one or two starters, but like it should be just like one or two key pieces, and then the rest of them are guys that you've already had in your rooms. Right. So, and 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 as much as I hate to give Alabama credit for anything, their 2021 team was more or less what you want to see. You had the quarterback in place, you had a decent defense. Jamison Williams was the absolute difference maker on that team. And I don't know if you want to have to find the key to your offense being great in the transfer portal, because that means that you didn't do a great job with the wide receivers that you got in evaluation and then your signees. But 
what we hope to do is to your point, all of our, we, we've got a lot of big pieces and we're looking for one piece that fills a specific need or takes you over the top in a certain position group. And that's hopefully all you're looking for. We, we are rebuilding top to bottom on the offensive line. So I understand why, why we're transferring in as much as we are. We lost a lot at edge. We're thin at edge, thin at interior. We're thin in positions that we hope to not have to be thin in anymore. So we shouldn't have to do it like this anymore, but it's still nice to know, to know that we can. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, we're about to get out of here. We appreciate you guys dropping in with us. Good morning to everybody once again. And War Eagle, peace. Peace.